Starting in five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Super Black Reads. <sighs> so tired. <laughs> uh, we are your hosts, Carl and Dan. I'm Carl. That's Dan. What's up, Dan? How are you doing, Carl? You sound tired. I, I am tired, but I am excited for Skyward Volume 1. Let's kick things off with a little explanation on the book, and then we'll dive right in. Does that sound good, Dan? Sounds good to me. One day, gravity on Earth suddenly became a fraction of what it is now. 20 years later, humanity has adapted to its new low-gravity reality. And to Willow Fowler, a woman born just after G-Day, it's, well, pretty awesome, actually. You can fly through the air. I mean, sure, you can also die if you jump too high, so just don't jump too high, and maybe don't stumble into dangerous, uh, stumble into a dangerous plan to bring gravity back that could get you killed. From writer Joe Henderson, showrunner of Fox's Lucifer, and artist V. Garbit, Skyward is an adventure-filled exploration of our world turned upside down and a young woman's journey to find her place in it. Dan, how did you like Skyward? Volume one. This was a very fun. Sorry, this was a very fun read for me. Like I, I purposely went into this book, not going through the synopsis, not trying to figure out what this is all about. So I, all I had to go was uh, go by book was your title that you gave me, and mm -hmm. the cover image, and I just kind of took off from there. And yet again, this like image is very good at putting out these really fun titles, and it was a really fun and quick read. Yeah, it was. I I agree. I, I read it a while ago, but I always remember kind of the crux of the book, and I was like, that was a really good book. And once we started kind of focusing down on actual books with black leads, I was like, Skyward, just off the bat. I found myself really, uh, what is it, connecting with Nate Fowler, the father. Ah, like, yes, yeah. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, he his his kind of journey doesn't mimic my own as a father, but I felt like I kind of looked like the dude. I felt like we had similar outlooks on life. And <laughs> Don't say, no, you, you can't gloss over it. We have to like touch upon this as much as possible because I didn't realize it when I was reading the book, but as soon as he says like, yes, this makes all the sense in the world. So like your wife didn't die and you weren't left with the baby where gravity disappeared. But at the same time, it's like, any, if anybody knows Carl, Carl enjoys the indoors. So much. Um, so much. <laughs> so much. So, so, so much. And has a very, very dim view <laughs> of the outside world in general. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, looking at this, like, oh, wait, yes, yes. This is, this is, yeah. I could see like why you, you gravitate yeah. towards this book. <laughs> go, go back and just, just take, if you, Dan, I suggest you do this and anyone uh, listening if you read it just go back and look at all the parts with nate and i can place myself in that scenario and i would think exactly the way he does at some point like he doesn't want to leave the house i hate leaving the house uh they there's a, a scene of him legit working out at home which is all i ever do i don't pay yep. for gym memberships yep uh his hair 
is kind of like mine. He, uh, <laughs> Oh, we we have we have to say when we post this, you have to put a screen grab of of Nate and yourself just to kind of prove that point. Because I'm looking at that page right now. If anybody is paying attention, page 26 on the digital readers, that is Carl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll 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 take you one step better, uh, one step forward. Uh, my Instagram picture is Nate Fowler, and it has that been is- for maybe a year change that is right how have i not how did i not put this together i don't know oh i feel like an, i feel like an idiot now like i'm going back through instagram as you speak and i'm like oh okay no yeah yeah it is nice nice you stuck that one by me carl not bad yeah was there anyone in the book that <laughs> you found yourself uh connecting with on any level not not no, it's like not really. It's like I just enjoyed the whole feel, like the high, the high concept of all of a sudden gravity disappearing wrote me in in general, and and seeing the world, seeing the world they built, that they that they're in the process of building around this concept. Like when we were introduced to a storm, like what a storm looks like in a world with no gravity. It's like oh my god, this is terrifying, right? It makes all the sense in the world. So like I'm curious to yeah. see as the world grows even more like all these different concepts, like all that, all these different um, outcomes because there's no gravity um, and seeing how classism doesn't disappear in a world like this. Ooh, let's you know, talk about the classism and the inverse of how they, how it's represented where mm-hmm. normally high class people are on, on like the upper, you know, in penthouses and such it's been flipped. So now the lower class is super high up in the air and the lower class are down on the ground. Well, okay. So let's, let's back up a little bit because for anybody that has been reading along or the people that have not, Willa Fowler is, is the main character. Then we have Edison who is her, it seems to be her crush, her manager, but also seems to be her crush, but hasn't really been um, requited just yet. Mm -hmm. So apparently Edison is rich. He comes from a very, very rich family. Stinking rich. Stinking rich. And they all live, well, Edison and his family, of course, live on the ground because they could afford to in a world where you have to pay for magnetic shoes to keep you on the floor, like all this different stuff. And in his family portrait, Edison, who has no legs, has no legs below his knees, is forced to be in a wheelchair for the family picture because they're so obsessed with keeping the status quo that they feel it's best that he stays in a wheelchair because once you get, you know, being rich means you're on the floor. It means you're, you still, gravity still exists for you in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Gravity Which is, is, is the, is the, is like gold. Gravity is the mm-hmm. money. Gravity is the status. If you're able to walk yes. on, on solid ground, that is status versus just kind of floating around in, in the air. I did. I did like the fact that Ele, that Edison took to the sky. Like he was like, he, he doesn't have legs, like you mentioned, and he said, you know, it it makes more sense for him to be up in the sky, basically. He's like, because I don't, there's nothing I can do down there. Like, I can't walk, but up here, I'm I'm as capable as anybody else, because my exactly. legs don't matter. And say, like, who who won won that life? It's like, so it's it's very very interesting that that little backstory, and at the same time, understanding that. Um, Willa's father has so much to do with what happened. Like we don't know in this volume 
exactly what he did to get everybody to where they are now in terms of the gravity just disappearing. But like being introduced in the first few pages of this book to his story of what happened, why he is the way he is, the fact that he lost his wife when she was jogging outside and, you know, and the terrifying um, concept of there are now corpses and junk just floating around in outer space around the planet because nobody knows how to probably deal with that anymore mm-hmm. is crazy. It was so crazy. Like that that page, that spread where you just saw corpses, cows, you name it, just spinning around the earth, just frozen for 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 all eternity. It's like, man, that is crazy. That's so messed up. Yeah, what a terrifying prospect to just float away and people just had nothing to latch on to. And the fact that Nate had to, you know, he wanted to grab his wife, but then realized he has a baby in there Mm -hmm. that he has to take care of now. What did you think of the time jump, the kind of drastic 20 year time jump in the beginning? I I was okay with that Um, because I felt as if you need to understand the world. And there's, there, there isn't, there isn't really an easy way to introduce the main character and tell her story. Um, seeing as it's like, I, I don't want to see the story of her growing up in that world. I want to see the story of her being in that world and, and being very used to it. Like nothing else existed. Like, you know, nothing else exists before the time without gravity. Yeah. You just want to get to the story the, the her, there's no struggle for her. And I think I'm with you. I think, they did a wonderful job of establishing her character as the baby where mm-hmm. the baby's face is so joyful and happy that it's floating. You get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the hard cut to 20 years later where she's joyful in the sky, like you understand. So mm-hmm. then you get to have the fun of discovering how the writers have kind of crafted this world around how do you deal with low gravity, right? So like you spoke about the the storm, which is like this weird, terrifying floating ocean in the middle of the sky that if you get caught in it, you can drown. You can literally drown from the rain in the middle yeah. of the sky. That's if, crazy. If anybody out there is having difficulty understanding the concept, just think of like, astronauts in outer space where they're trying to drink water and it comes out as like glob like little balls or globulets globulets and they have to drink it that way so imagine a storm a thousand times larger than that and to the point like there's literally fishes swimming around in there it's it's its own traveling ocean that's what it is and everybody what what, like when a storm is coming everybody knows they have to stay inside or they're going to drown Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's absolutely terrifying. Uh, let's talk about the bad guy of the story, a Mister Roger Barrow, the mm-hmm. the rich man who is connected to Nate Fowler, uh, because apparently they work together, and he apparently knows that Nate can fix the gravity thing, but Roger has profited from. You know, whether whether it be the magnet boots or whatever he did uh, in the 20 years that since it's happened, he's now 
accustomed to this life and anyone who's going to kind of mess with his cushy job, as it were, is going to get eliminated. So our hero, Willa, kind of gets her dad in trouble, <laughs> which, again, <laughs> I relate to Nate. <laughs> it's 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 um it's a it's a fun concept, but it's a this is part of the story that like I expect it to happen where the protagonist ultimately is the demise of her father. Like it, it was weird reading this understanding, like as much as I enjoyed the story, understanding where this story had to go in order for the main character to grow, her father's going to die in some way. And mm-hmm. I, it was, it was weird reading this comic book, understanding that was going to happen before I even realized it was going to happen. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah um, I, I get that. They're like, uh, my my thing was the protagonist being so directly connected to the story's antagonist to the point where they're like, like two degrees away from from each other. And and I guess this is where like TV writing and all that different stuff comes into play because in a television show in a screenplay, like things tend to be very very um, compact and very concise. You know, and it's like because you don't necessarily have the time to to have the world grow, so it only makes sense to have these characters so uh, closely connected. So it, it was a little off-putting when I was reading it, but at the same time, I accepted it because once again, the overall um, story was was solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, switch gears, start talking about some art. Mm-hmm. Love art. Uh, yes, sir. What did you think of the? overall art direction of this book um i totally enjoy the art um very very beautifully done he suffers not suffers wow that's a very bad way to put it it reminds me of a lot of cubert the cuberts um where all these characters are drawn very to be superheroes like very very superhero like and I'm the type of artist that like I want to see different looking people throughout the entire book. Like when you when you're creating a world, like everybody was pretty. Like even down to her father who spent two decades indoors, who hasn't got any real sunlight, who is in marvelous shape, right? And Wonderful. he looks like a zaddy. Wonderful shape. The the protagonist is long, lengthy, you know, like almost model esque. She's definitely a model. She has very yeah. Uh, very defined features, very um, symmetrical face. But here's the thing, like, as I'm saying this out loud now, and this is going to sound very, very strange to anybody that doesn't know this, but, like, uh, you have the the book slash the television show called The Expanse, mm-hmm. uh, which is beautiful, hard sci-fi space opera to the point where they go out of their way to get into the nitty-gritty science of it all, of on how these characters exist, and and what would happen to a body if it exists in zero, in zero G for an extended amount of time? And looking at it now, looking at the main character, like, oh, no, this makes a little more sense. You know, because um, there are characters in The Expanse who are humanoid, who, you know, are descends, the, uh, descendants of humans that live on the outer belts of Saturn. And because they don't live in the same gravity that we do, their bones are lighter and they're just longer... Uh, ganglier humanoid people, mm-hmm. right? So I guess okay. So yeah, okay. So I take back what I said. 
understanding the si- like understanding probably the science to try to go by, it makes sense why we should look, look, look why the main character would look the way she does. So mm-hmm. I take that back. So altogether, really well penciled. You know, in the very beginning, for me at least, the storytelling seemed a little off in a couple of panels, but like only like one or two pages where I had to go back a couple of times to take a look at it. But other than that, like I, I refer you back to the 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 the, the spread where the earth is just being encompassed by everybody that was pulled off into the into outer space when G Day happened. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's fun, it's beautiful, it's very, very light. You know, yeah. but when you take the time and go back through it, you can tell the the you, you can really appreciate the detail in this book. It's beautiful. It really is. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I think the color work is really well done. I think the the the, the tones that they use is very they're very distinct. They're very uh, saturated panels. Lots of nice shadows. Lots of like beautifully rendered. Uh, panels with you know very warm warm uh color tones it's, it's just really beautiful we, we've gotten lucky uh, the last couple books that we've uh read have had some really good art mm-hmm. so like not, nothing is overwhelming the inks are are clean the characters are clean you know there's a really it's like in a lot of the pages the depth is what is very well is very well rendered like there's so there's so much i can talk about with this and kind of get lost in all these different spreads um but you you had it on point where they they were able to pick the right color palettes through each page to convey the mood properly and the artist's technical ability is amazing it's really is really on point let's close it out with a chat about willa herself what did you think of um, Willa Fowler as a as a protagonist, as a black lead, as a uh, strong black female lead? What did you think of of her or kind of um, her character arc and her personality? Did you, did, did did it resonate? Um, I loved her a lot as a character, you know. But I, you know, the question we keep asking ourselves we've we've asked ourselves in the past couple episodes already, past few episodes already, is that. You know, did it make a difference? You know that this character is black, and my answer to that is no. She just—it's one of those refreshing times. No, no, no. Let me let me back that up. It's it's. I'm happy to see that this character was made a minority character, but you don't have to tell that particular story. Mm-hmm. You know, she just she is who she is. You know, she's yep. not bogged down. She's not bogged down by stereotypes. She's literally, literally not bogged down at all. You know, and at, at by anything. Able, <laughs> yeah, by anything. And she's able to be what she is. And I'm, I'm curious to see now that she no longer has a father, what type of character she's going to evolve into. Yeah. I, I want to touch on that. I, that hit me the hardest when I read that the first time when he, uh, when she's about to float away. And there's a panel that just says, I got you. And mm-hmm. then it's, a, it's literally like a, a Superman picture of him holding his daughter in with like the sun shining behind him. I'm like, as I'm saying this, I'm going back to kind of read that panel. Um, yeah, she's about to die. And it's just a white, a white panel says, I've got you. And the next is she says, dad. And he's he's holding her like Superman mm-hmm. He's holding Lois Lane or something. And he's like, he saved his kid. 
And he says, you know, you're going to be great and just pushes her back to earth and then floats away. And I was like, man, could I do that? <laughs> could I be <laughs> could I be that guy? Or would I just be like, well, I just lost the daughter. She just floated away. <laughs> no, well, it's like, well, it's like, well, look, look at it. Look at it this, this way. You know, it's um, the father's character arc is very short, very concise, but it's very, very poignant because in the very beginning, he's he is he, he even says in the book itself, like he was confronted with the fact that his wife was floating off into space and he couldn't save her. And he has played with the idea for for decades that, yes, he made the excuse to run back and save his daughter, but his daughter was safe. She's in a room floating around with all the windows closed. Right. So he made that decision to retreat back to the house and let his wife float away. You know, we, we can make the argument that he couldn't save her anyway, because if he grabbed her, where are they going? They're not going yeah. anywhere. Like they're, just go, they're going to die together. So he had to save himself to make sure his, his daughter survives. And once again, in order to make sure his daughter survives, he has to make a sacrifice. Yeah. It just so happens this sacrifice this time around is himself. You know, I, uh, so it makes yeah. sense. There's like that that story arc for that character makes the utmost sense for me. Like it's heartbreaking, is and I say I can almost swore you about to start tearing up on your end over there because you sound you sound a little verklempt. Um, no, I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. <laughs> but <Everything's fine>. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I say I see what once I saw that happening, I, I think that's where my brain locked in. It's like, oh, he's gonna die. Like what, as soon as that decision was made, it's like, oh, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Was, I say, I just when did it have to happen? But it made all the sense in the world. Like you couldn't, I couldn't see the story being being written any other way because you need that gut punch. Like every story needs that gut punch. She needs a reason. She yeah. needs a reason to keep going. Exactly. And she's the protagonist. He is. He is there to, again, uh, move the story forward. And especially as a father figure, he has to. He has to be there to give her a reason to go on, whether it be, you know, some inspirational speech, which he doesn't give uh, mm -hmm. in the beginning because he's like you said, he's he was kind of a coward. He was locked in his house. He was not participating in the world. He, he shunned himself. He had to do something to get her story moving. And that was one saving her being a dad and saving his daughter and then two, giving up his life for his kid. You know, mm -hmm. he, it's the second time he went to, to, to save her. The first time was granted. He's just like, sure, she's locked in the room. But even if they floated away, he what happens if he doesn't go back for her? She's just a baby floating in a house at that point. Yep. So, yeah, he, he was he was always thinking of her and keeping her safe. And like, again, when I read that, I was like, I it, it hit me to the point where I was like, I would I would have floated away. I would have went up there and grabbed my baby and pushed her back to earth and been like, you're, you are going to be the better version of me, which is like the whole parental thing. Like do better than I did. And he yes. saw in her the potential to do that. So yeah, I, that, that whole end part uh, resonated with me quite strongly. And, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there real quick and you, and you touched about it very quickly as well. She is pretty much the maker of his demise. Yeah, it's her fault. Yeah, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it, no, it is. It is so weird that like I've I've read so many stories, and I guess you can't get around it that 
like the, the protagonist ends up being the demise of the people that he actually loves and it's a matter of well, he or she actually loves and it's her her or his responsibility to kind of bring themselves back up like i was watching um avatar the other day for the first time in since it came out and i remember watching that movie and trying to understand why the protagonist is a protagonist because ultimately he's the reason that this is all happening that all these people are all these aliens cat people are dying you know this this book isn't nearly as bad isn't nearly as blatant but like it's a it's a it's an interesting little trope that i was like with all the writing i've been doing with all the reading i've been doing like this comes up a lot yeah yeah to the point i can't even get around it when i'm writing like i'm sitting there's like oh this is a lion king all over again it's like son of a bitch how do i how do i get around this there's only so many stories you can tell you just gotta yeah, be exactly. you know you gotta you gotta put your throw your hat in the ring right what's yeah. your take on that story so <laughs> just write it man just write it down and you know that they they got around that by their their story they're telling is about a world with you know less gravity that's unique but the the crux of the story is a very common thing you know it's a it's a it's a girl or a child who feels trapped and they 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 get an opportunity to break free and there are consequences it's it's the same story there are consequences to every action you want to take so and the, the parents pay for it. This is the Lion King story. It's like, yeah, the, yeah. Nate is Mufasa. Yeah, Nate is Mufasa. He gets he gets trampled. O- overall, I think I like the book. I think uh, it's worth reading through. There's three volumes. I think uh, it's worth reading through all three of them. Um, I like Willa. I think she was a, a strong character. She had human flaws. Um, she had human quirks. She had needs. She had wants, which was uh, always refreshing. And yeah, it's nice to see a, a a strong black female lead. Like I can give this book to my daughter when she's old enough to understand it and say, you know, have at it. You have you have so you have representation in a book. Yeah, so, so overall, like we both wholeheartedly recommend this book for anybody who wants to read. But at the same time, we don't have to say because I'm pretty sure what this is the Eisner. Um, nominated book. It's been said before. Yes. <laughs> we aren't the first person yeah. to say it. The first yes. people to say it. Awesome. I think that's it for us, man. Dan, where can they find you on socials? You can find me on Instagram at the underscore basement underscore monster. You can find my website at thebasementmonster.com. You can find me on Twitter at Twitter. Why don't, don't you just know. stop promoting Twitter? <laughs> I feel like you always hey, bring it up and you're just like, Ugh. this is this is my running joke, all right. This is my running gag. <laughs> all right, right, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. Sorry, but you, you can find me on you can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore D underscore Monster. Like I literally have to pull up my Twitter page. You don't even know it. <laughs> but like, you don't if, even know it. If you want to subscribe to a page that never ever gets updated, go. Cool. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You're, you, have fun. Have at it. I hope I hope people just subscribe just to, just to spite you. <laughs> just so you have to go up there and, and, and do something with it. Like, yeah, we're going to subscribe. You better say something. Say anything. Maybe. Uh, but maybe not. Yeah. More likely not. Hopefully. Uh, check us out on superblack.co for more podcasts. Our first season is up. So go check that out. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Just search for super period black period. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, superblackorg. We are on Twitch, Super Black Plays. Go there and watch us play games with Black 
lead characters. That's it, people. Thanks for listening. We'll check you next week with a whole new book. See you later, guys. Full stop.